In today's episode, I'm recapping a pretty wild Wednesday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win? Or do you win because you're happy? At only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. Wild day today, 10 games, weird shit going on, weird lineups, weird players playing, minutes, just everything that we need to talk about and see if there's anything that we can make heads or tails of. So let's talk about those games now. The first one of those was one of the wacky ones, the Detroit Pistons. They didn't just beat the Toronto Raptors, they smashed them. 129-105. The Pistons were without Dylan Wright, and then they were also without Josh Jackson, and then they were also without Jeremy Grant. So, of course, the Duke Wayne Ellington stepped in and hit eight threes for 25 points on 73% shooting. If you want to talk about something that is not going to continue to happen, this could be it. Now, Ellington just last game lost his starting spot to Svi McKayluk, and he was playing 20 minutes a night before that. So this is an outlier, to say the very least. You could look to stream him perhaps on Thursday if we do hear that Jackson and Grant remain out, but there is a massive chance that in three weeks' time, he's not even in the rotation at all. Yeah, you've got to still welcome back right. You've got to welcome back Killian Hayes at some point. Um, and he's just not going to be there. How about Dennis Smith? Can't shoot, but 10 points, two threes, 12 rebounds, 11 assists, three steals. Let's put it this way. Is there a 0% chance that Dennis Smith stays in the rotation when DeLon Wright is back? No. In fact, I guarantee you he's in the rotation when DeLon Wright returns as the backup. What I meant to say in that first sentence was, is there a 0% chance he remains the starter over DeLon Wright? No, absolutely not. I think he very well could. He's younger than DeLon. He's probably more of a point guard than DeLon. DeLon can easily slide across to the two and take Duke Allington's minutes. He can take Svima Kaluk's minutes. Smith could continue to start. The problem's going to come when um, uh, Killian Hayes returns because they are at pains to say the second half of the season is about developing Killian Hayes. They continue to say that. So Hayes is going to come in and he's going to start, and whether that's 20 minutes a night moving to 30 minutes a night or 20 minutes a night moving to 24 minutes a night remains to be seen. And then that's going to make it hard for Dennis Smith. But he could easily start over Dylan Wright or at least play 30 minutes alongside Dylan Wright or 28 minutes, what he's been getting. He's worth holding. Saban Lee's going to lose out, but holy shit, 20 points in 21 minutes, seven assists, one block, 73% shooting. Now, that's obviously not real because we're talking about, um, you know, that's Wayne Ellington type shooting, and even that's too good for um, for Wayne Ellington. But that is uh, obviously a fantastic performance. How you know everything's going right for you is that Scooter Magruder comes in and drops in 20 in 26 minutes. Now, I can tell you now, you're not adding him. Four triples, five assists, two steals. Good game from him. And a triple-double from Mason Plumley. 14, 11, and 10, while Isaiah Stewart had six and six and two blocks. Stewart continues to play well. He's more of a 14-team league guy, but you know, maybe there is some stash ability. I don't just see them fully going 30 minutes, Isaiah Stewart, until we head to May. Maybe that happens then. 
but he is obviously a big rotation piece. While the depressed penis, he was uh, he was pretty deflating here. Seven points in 24 minutes, three of nine shooting. This is the worry that I've had with him is that he was doing a little bit of stuff that was above his head. He's totally fine to be a 12-team league guy, and he does remain a 12-team league player. But he is, at best, a back-end 12-team league player, I think. Dumbaya played 27 minutes despite coming off the bench, and Svee had 17 points in a whopping 37 minutes with five triples and two steals. But again, we can't really rely on Svee Mikhailuk to put up that sort of production regularly. The Raptors, they were without Siakam, Van Vliet, and Anobi, so they started a lineup that could best be described as a bunch of, a hatful, in fact, a hatful of busted assholes. There you go. Kyle Lowry, Terrence Davis, Norman Powell, Yuta Watanabe, and Aaron Baines. Watanabe played only 11 minutes, and he went scoreless. You would have thought they could have started maybe the wiki Chris Boucher, but no. He played only 25 minutes. Now, that's not ideal when everyone's out. He still had 18 and 8 with two blocks, but to be fair, he was a minus 24, which was a team worst. That's not good. I still just put him in, just see what he can do. You can't complain with the output. You just hope for more minutes. Bainsey had 13 and 4 in 24 minutes, while Terrence Davis, he sure took some shots. Six points, uh, 18% shooting, two steals. I think they might persist with Davis in that starting role for Thursday's game. I'm not sure they'll stick with Watanabe in there, though. And he only played the 11 minutes. I think maybe you could get Bembry in there. You might even get Stan Johnson in there. Storman, Norman Powell. 36 points, 38 minutes, five triples. I... I don't know how to phrase this. I know who the best shooter in the league is. It's Steph Curry. Is Norman Powell like a top five shooter in the NBA now? Like every game, apart from the top first 10 or so of this season, he just shoots at a level which is unbelievable. And it doesn't matter if his usage goes up. In fact, if his usage goes up, it gets better. How is he this good? He still struggles to contribute in many other areas, but he continues to be a high efficiency, high volume player who's getting a ton of minutes. Lowry was pretty good as well, 21-4-6 with a steal and a block on that one. Uh, not much else to really report from the Raptors, but that's a pretty embarrassing loss. I know they were without a ton of players, but the Pistons started without a ton of players, and then they also lost Jeremy Grant and Josh Jackson and DeLon Wright, probably three of their best four players. Oh, and they're also not playing with Blake Griffin. This was a matchup where the Raptors still had the talent advantage despite those absences and got smashed at home or at home by 24 points. Obviously not an ideal result there. Guys, the All-Star break is upon us. We all want to enjoy ourselves, but it's only worth it. Enjoying, Having fun is only worth it if you enjoy it. Michelob Ultra, 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories. And to help you get that joy in your life, to help that joy create the success, it's time for the Ultra Player of the Week. The Ultra Player of the Week... Nikola Jokic is the player of the week. He's averaging 30 points in his last four games with 11.5 boards, 10 assists, 1.5 steals, a block, a 70% true shooting, or in fact, a 69% true shooting if we want to be better. Um, and that's where we create our joy, by having Nikola Jokic on our fantasy teams, by having Nikola Jokic in our lives. Happiness, joy, it exudes from Jokic, your ultra player of the week. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? I'd say Jokic does both. Michelob Ultra, joy, happiness, enjoyment, low carbs, low calories. The Michelob Ultra Player of the Week is Nikola Jokic. 
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, and use or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using our promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online are your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's go on to the next game. Um, that one, first one was wild, man. The second one, the Pacers with a massive comeback. They knock off the Cavs, 114-111. Timothy, John, McConnell. Just one of a wild combination of triple-doubles. Dennis Smith triple-doubles, Mason Plumley triple-doubles, and then... Timothy John McConnell triple doubles. 16 points for TJ. 8 of 8 shooting. There's your there's already your indication that shit's going to get wild. 8 of 8 shooting. Didn't hit a 3, that's cool. 4 boards, fine. 13 assists, 10 steals. Now, to be honest, 10 steals is a bit of a letdown cuz he had 9 in the first half. He blocked a shot. That is one of the games of the year. 71 fantasy points from TJ. He is now, after that game, the 22nd ranked player over the course of the last two weeks and 67th over the course of the season. Now, I have no idea what's going to happen with TJ when Levert returns and then when TJ Warren is back. How is he going to get enough minutes to be this successful? But he's going to push Aaron Holiday out of the rotation. He might push Jeremy Lamb out of the rotation. He has been that good, amazingly. Brogdon had 29-4-3 with three threes, while Miles Turner only played 28 minutes, had some foul trouble, but continues to be positive when he's out there as the lone center. 12 points, two threes, and four blocks, while Sabonis at least got some defensive numbers, a steal on a block, 18-5-6. He is limping a little bit into the all-star break here, not at his best. 19 minutes only for Jeremy Lamb. Real tough for me to consider him a must-hold player. I don't see it getting too much better from here. Again, Levert has to kick into the rotation, then Warren. Now, I think Warren's going to be a while off. Maybe we're talking six more, eight more weeks for Warren. Um, but Lamb is not accelerating here in his uh, development. Justin Holiday played 37 minutes. He had two steals and two threes. That's why you roster him. You don't roster him for 23% shooting. Uh, that's a rough thing. Well, uh, Edmund Sumner looks to have taken Aaron Holiday's rotation spot. 17 minutes for Sumner. And then just the five minutes for Az, who's been a massive, massive disappointment this year. If you want to talk about wild shit, Colin Sexton played 43 minutes. He had 10 assists. And I think they all came in the first half. 32 points, three steals, and we've talked, or I've talked, and you've listened, and maybe you've talked to your friends about it, but what Sexton needs to do is to start bringing peripherals. Another two threes, another three steals, 10 assists, six of six from the line. Instead of being the dude that was 24, two, and one, with no threes, no steals, no blocks, on three of three from the line, like that's where his value dipped. Now he's rolling. Let's see if he can keep up this little run. Deanie Wade, Dino. 31 minutes for Wadey. 17 and 6, 5 triples, 1 steal. He literally, and I know this is like a cliche, he's getting better every single game. They have won every game that he started except for this one, and they should have won this one. I don't know what is going to happen to Wade when Love and Nance return. He probably goes back to obscurity. But he started, played more minutes than Torian Prince, more minutes than Dylan Windler, more minutes than the Discman, C.D. Arsman, and he looked all right. I wouldn't say that we're adding him outside of short, well, even not short term, because you're talking all-star break here, and Love probably returns as soon as we get back. Maybe you grab him in a 16-teamer, but it was pretty encouraging. Darius Garland was shooting well, but then hurt his groin. 
16 points in 19 minutes with five assists on 67% shooting. Didn't return to the game. I think that's just a precautionary thing. And now he has the all-star break to rest. While Isaac Okora, he'd been added in quite a lot of leagues. I think you can uh, forget about that one to me. Get that garbage out of here! Seven points, two rebounds, two assists, and a steal. He is the 101st ranked player over the last two weeks, but we are trending in the wrong direction again from Okoro. And uh, yeah, it's, it's not enough there for me to have him justified as a 12-team league guy. Osman, obviously a clear drop, and Torian Prince does not deserve to be anywhere close to a 12-teamer. Not a great night from Jarrett Allen. 17 and 11 in 29 minutes. I would have liked to have seen him play a little bit more considering he was a plus 12 and he had one foul. But no, when you've got to give 19 minutes to JaVale McGee, you know what? You probably deserve to lose when that's what happens. Let's go. Next game. The Utah Jazz overtime loss against the Philadelphia 76ers. 131-123. Jinglin Joe Ingles. 86% shooting. 16-6 and six with four threes. Only 25 minutes. Um, use it to sell high on him. He's not this good of a shooter. Nobody is. So um, those 24 minutes are more indicative to me than the 16 and 6. The Don Donovan Mitchell was ejected after another issue with officiating, which again, the officiating, man, it's it's real rough. It is, it's so bad at times. I know it's a hard job, but it needs to be done better. 33, 8 and 6 for Mitchell with five triples on 35% shooting, while Rudy Gobert, 12 and 9 with four assists, two steals and a block. Not the greatest night from Gobert efficiency-wise. In fact, it was pretty bad. But still, I'm bringing some numbers there. Bogdanovich scored 18 points, but it was pretty empty otherwise. Five rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks. But 24 fantasy points is fine. And he's still just that fringy sort of player. While Royce O'Neal had 7, 10, and 5 in 42 minutes. And he, again, is a fringe 12-team player also. Mike Conley was okay. It wasn't great. It was okay. 18, 2, and 2 in his 35 minutes. While Jordy Clarkson, just absolutely no conscience in terms of shooting. Just was taking whatever he wanted. They didn't really go in. 10 points on 10 shots. But uh, yeah, he's obviously better than that. But we're starting to see that ridiculously hot start that Clarko had come back to the pack and pull him back to being a guy that's a 90 to 120 ranked player instead of a 50 to 60 ranked player. So congratulations if you sold him high as a top 60 guy. For the Sixers, Joel Embiid, 40 and 19 in 40 minutes with a steal and two blocks. 74 fantasy points. Yeah, that's really good. He's the second ranked player this year in category leagues. Um, he's just dominating. The Thick Hogsman was back. He really did some damage in overtime because prior to that, he wasn't doing too much. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. 22 points, 10 rebounds, one steal, one block for Harris, while Ben Simmons had 17, 4, and 6 on in 42 minutes. And Seth Curry was all right. Now, the 71% shooting is high. 14 points, two threes. Again, he's more fringy to me in that Bogdanovich type of range rather than must roster. 28 minutes for Shake Milton. Shouldn't be a 12-team league player. He's more of a 14-teamer. 12 points there. Well, Dan Green had the triple one. but and, and he's one of those guys where ranking numbers are pretty skewed in terms of the value because he is, what, 129th this year, 93rd over the last two weeks, and I wouldn't bother with him in 12-team leagues at all. I think you can add him, you can stream him for defensive stats, but you treat him like a Derek Jones Jr. You treat him like his teammate Matisse Thibel rather than a must-roster player, which yeah, sometimes the rankings might suggest to you that he is. Let's go on to the next one. We're looking at the Brooklyn Nets and the Houston Rockets. Pretty comfortable victory for Brooklyn here, 132-114. Jim Harden, 41 minutes. That's a lot of minutes for Harden uh, in a game that was won by almost 20 points. 29, 10, and 14 with three steals and a block. He is rolling at the moment, the number three ranked player this season. Well, Joe Harris, guess what he did? He hit threes at 80%. What a shock. 19 points with four triples, and Kyrie had 24, 5, and 6. But let's talk about the Shark, Bruce Brown. Baby Shark. 
A lot of questions coming now. I like Bruce Brown. I liked him a lot, and you're going to be stunned to know I criticized Dwayne Casey last season because he didn't play him enough. And then he went to Brooklyn. I said, oh, shit, like, where's his value going to lie? They turned him from a point guard into a center, a 6'4 center, but a center nonetheless. And he is thriving. 17, 8, and 7 is fantastic. But remember, who is out? Kevin Durant is out. Jeff Green is out. Timoteo Lawawu Cabro is out. Not that that makes a big difference. But those guys are all out. And then this run of Bruce Brown playing 30-plus minutes a night and literally being a top 80 player is probably not going to stick. Has he got short-term value? Sure. Is that going to evaporate immediately after the All-Star break? Probably, because Green and Durant will come straight back. And even if Brown still plays 20 minutes, 20 versus 29 is a very big difference. And he's just not that good to be a player that you want to roster in 20 minutes, I don't believe. I like Nick Claxton. He's better than DeAndre Jordan, but he only played 16 minutes. Now, he had 16 points with eight boards. And Jordan had 10 and 10 in 29 minutes. But the the move from Nash to continue to play big minutes to Jordan is a concern. And much like Bruce Brown, Jeff Green is going to return. He's going to play minutes at center. If you want to grab Claxo, sure, grab him in 12-team leagues. Absolutely grab him in 14-team leagues and see where it goes. You know that I have effused praise, and I'm sure that's the wrong word, but I've been effusive in my praise. Maybe that sounds better about Claxon, how I think, how good he is, and how he, if he gets 25 a night, he's a guaranteed 12-team league player. But we need to see the Nets commit to that, and they haven't done it yet. So that's why you grab him. You might have to deal with some harshness. And then you see, does he go from 16 and start pushing to 19, 20 minutes through conditioning? Or when those guys come back, does he push to 14, 13 minutes? Because that's when you decide to move on. Landry Shamet continues to be one of the worst fantasy players in the NBA. But the Rockets, Oladipo, man, just your percentages, just they cannot survive this bloke. 33 points on 36% shooting. He also was 77 from the line. He did have seven boards, five assists, two steals, two blocks, and five triples. So the points league guys love it. 49 fantasy points. The uh, punt percentages guys love it. Great numbers. But those efficiency numbers are rough. They did bring Justin Patton off the bench. It didn't really matter. He had 10 and 6 in 27 minutes with two threes, four steals, and a block. Now, I don't know what to make of Patton here. He's on a 10-day contract. He is playing well. But, of course, there's no Christian Wood. So what does Patton's role look like as we move forward? They're not trading Christian Wood. Patton is not going to start over Christian Wood. So while these numbers are great, and maybe Wood doesn't return straight after the break, so you can add Patton and see what happens. But shit, he's been really good. 100th ranked player over the last two weeks, 38 fantasy points today. The wild thing, Jay Sean Tate, he was back in the starting lineup with Wood, Gordon, House, and Nwaba out. And by the way, David Nwaba is looking like he's going to be out for six weeks with a wrist injury. That'll bring me on to the guy I'm going to talk about in a second. Uh, as for Tate, that's obviously a good number. Um, despite him being dropped in so many places, he's still the 108th ranked player over the last two weeks. I think he's fine if you want to hold in 12-team leagues, but it's going to get a little squishy. Johnny Wall had 36 points with five assists. He took 30 shots. Um, unfortunately, he hit 12 of them, while Sterling Brown hit three threes in a spot start. And PJ Tucker, I, no, you know what? I apologize to Landry Shamet. P.J. Tucker's the worst fantasy player in the world. Zero points in 31 minutes for Peach. He uh, is getting minutes, and he's doing nothing with him. But let's, let's bring us to Kevin Porter. Because if I don't get five Kevin Porter questions a day, then I'm, I, I feel my Twitter's broken or something. So let's talk about Kevin Porter Jr. Is he talented? Yes. Um, can he be a good fantasy player? Maybe. He had opportunities last year. And I was, I was banging the drum hard for Kevin Porter last year. Like, at him. At him, at him. And then he hurt his knee and we never really got to see it happen. I think, and I, I, I hate doing it because there are guys that I like 
and your guys that I come in early on. And Claxton's one of those guys. Like, I, I like him. I like him a lot. But then the hype picks up and everyone goes crazy on it. I like they're doing for Kevin Porter. Man, you got to pick Kevin Porter. It's going to win your league. Like, can we calm down? He's played half a season. He got traded for a team because he threw food around a locker room. And let's not forget, he never played a game for Cleveland before that because of legal and personal problems. He's playing well in the G League, but it is the G League. And the reason he's playing well in the G League is the ball in his hands and he's doing everything with it. You come to Houston, the ball is not in your hands. It's in John's hands. It's in Vic's hands. It's in Eric Gordon's hands. It's in Christian Wood's hands. And then does Kevin Porter become a spot-up guy? Oh, but Josh, they're going to trade Victor Oladipo. Sure, then it's only Wall, Gordon, and, and Wood. Oh, Josh, they're going to trade Gordon. Okay, then it's only Wall and Wood. And Porter becomes the third guy? I like him. I think he's worth grabbing. But the absolute hype on him is out of control. So get him, sell him. Somebody, I guarantee you there'll be one person listening to this podcast who is able to trade Kevin Porter for a top 70 player. Now, they'll be able to do it. Maybe there's a 10% chance Porter's a top 30 player. A lot of shit will have to go down for that to be the case. Remember, he's a bad free throw shooter. Hasn't been an efficient uh, shooter in anywhere in the past. He's not this high steals, high blocks guy contributing all over the shop. I just think we need to just be careful of it. By all means, grab him. Watch who you drop. But pinning the hopes of winning your league on Kevin Porter Jr. When despite, you know, Nwaba being out is fine. But there is still Wall, Oladipo, Tate, House, Gordon. They're all just the, the wings. And then there's Wood getting a ton of touches too. Is Porter the guy that hasn't played because of personal issues waltzing into the team? And Silas just going, boys, relax. KPJ's got it. Just give him the ball. Give him 30 minutes. Let him go to work. I would be absolutely stunned. Now, I think next year, there's a real chance Kevin Porter Jr. is a starter on this team and he is playing 35 minutes and he is a very good fantasy player. Just not sure he's walking in the middle of March and that's happening. Disagree with me. Drop it in the comments below. Tell me what you think. Maybe I'm wrong. And I don't like to be pessimistic on a guy that I was really big on last year. And if you did listen to the show, you would have heard me banging on about And you may be one of those people criticizing me. Josh, stop with Kevin Porter. Stop telling us to add Kevin Porter. That might have been the case. But that's what happens when the hype turns in the wrong direction. That you've got to be aggressive about it. Well, not aggressive, but you've got to just you know, try and like look at it from a different point of view. I think that's important to do. All right, guys. If you want to maintain the hype of horrible segues and you need parts for your car, don't go to a chain auto store, walk into the shop, tell the bloke behind the counter, I need a, let's find a part name that I have no idea about because I don't know anything about cars. Um, mate, you got a fuel pump assembly? What kind of car? Uh, it's a uh, Honda Odyssey 2005. Uh, yeah, it'll take me three weeks and it'll cost 380 bucks. 380 bucks? What are you talking about? I can get that at rockauto.com for $217. Mate, you are dreaming. Go home, get to your computer. In fact, sit in your car, load it up on your phone. Sit in the car park of this big chain auto star store, order it, go inside, put your phone up against the window. Tell them to have a look at that. Read it and weep, my guy, because I have just got a big discount at rockauto.com. They are a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com, 
They're always reliably low, and they are the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right. The Hornets, the Wolves. Holy shit, look at this score, 135-102, Charlotte wins it. Terry Rozier, 31 points, six triples, three steals, back in business as one of the best shooters in the NBA somehow. Great game and an awesome return to form from Gordy Haywood. 23, five and nine, the nine assists is awesome. And then five steals. A surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. I reckon his hand's okay. Miles Bridges had a double-double, 13 and 10 with five assists. Good game from him, who'd been yeah, dropping off somewhat. Still probably is a back-end 12-teamer while LaMelo Ball, not his best night. Only 26 minutes. Did seem to have a bit of an issue with his hand at one point. But 19-7-5, and five, four threes, two steals. Really bloody hard to complain about that. And then PJ Washington Jr., um, good game. But hurt his ankle at the end. I think he'll be fine. He'll have the all-star break off. He's all right. 16-9, two threes, two steals, and a block. Bismack Biombo started at center. He had your two blocks. He had 100% from the field. That's fine. But then, of course, we're going to get Cody Zeller back. And then Malik Monk did his thing. Didn't shoot at his best. But even in saying that, he was still 43% from three. 18 points, three threes, not much else there. He does have some 14-team league appeal and 12-team value at the very least as a streamer for the Wolves. All right, hit the music. Ravishing Rick Rubio had 20 points in only 24 minutes with nine assists on 64% shooting. D'Angelo Russell's not back straight after the break. Malik Beasley's still got 10 more games to go of his suspension. So Rubio is a bloke that you can add, or you should add. He's a must-roster player. Townsy had 16 and 15, a pretty good night there from him. While they made the move to put Jake Lehman in the starting lineup. I'll give Chris Finch a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Jake Lehman's not the answer. Not, not to anything, really. Unless the question is, how can we lose games by 30? Now, Lehman had 14 points. He shot 71%. He was, of course, a minus 21, as nearly all the starters were. It was a, a rough mix of things. Lehman, I guess, back in the rotation, you can look in a deeper league, but I'm not particularly excited. And Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards is, I don't know how to, I don't know how to phrase this because again, I don't want to sound harsh on the kid. He's super likable. He's unbelievably athletic. He's fun. He's one of the funnest players in the league. He's one of the funnest players to listen to. I love him. I'm engaged by him. He's not good. Can he become good? Sure. But we get, and I don't want to talk about it too much, but the rising star game, Anthony Edwards and James Wiseman were voted in. There's no way they should have been voted in. Darius Garland missed out. Um, Emmanuel quickly missed out. I don't think PJ Washington missed. I don't think PJ Washington was in. Like all those guys are better players. But I don't think the NBA wanted the embarrassment of having the number one and number two pick not making the All-Star or the Rising Stars challenge. Edwards is getting by on just getting an absolute shit ton of shots. 23 Now, again, criticism I've leveled at the Wolves continually is why are we giving inefficient substandard guards, double the shot attempts of your best player, Carl Anthony Towns. And now we've got rid of Andrew Wiggins, D'Angelo Russell's out, and then someone else comes in and does the same shit. 23 points, 35% shooting. Can he get better? Yeah, he can. Is this exactly sort of what he did in college? Yeah, pretty much. And that's the worrying sign. He did have two steals. 19 points on volume is fine. But man, at this point, he's legitimately a bad player. 
Now, I understand giving them the shots and giving him the minutes to try and develop, and that's all fine. But he is hurting fantasy teams a lot with that field goal percentage. But the other volume is sort of offsetting it. So he is a must-roster player, but it's pretty rough. Jared Vanderbilt, I think we can drop him 18 minutes, six points in those uh, in those minutes. In fact, let's hit the button. Get that garbage out of here! Well, 30 minutes back for Jaden McDaniels. Now, he went to like seven minutes the other day. Now, he's back to 30. So, we have absolutely no idea what Chris Finch is doing in his rotation in terms of those minutes at Power Forward. They are all over the shop. And Jarrett Culver continues to suck. And Josh Okogie continues to suck, if it's even possible, more than Jarrett Culver because he was out of the rotation. Culver had four points in 14 minutes. Um... Culver, realistically, should not be rostered in any single league. Maybe a 30-teamer, but otherwise, I don't really see how he can be rostered in anything else. He is just, honestly, that bad at, at this point. It's uh, it's not ideal. Sorry, guys. This is a long-ass show. Uh, yeah, I'm talking a lot. Let's go. Next one. The Chicago Bulls beat the New Orleans Pelicans. 128-124. Zach Levine had been substandard since being picked to the All-Star game, but this wasn't substandard. 36-2-8 with two steals for the skater boy. 80% true shooting on 30% usage is phenomenal. Well, Thad Young, how is this bloke doing this? 28 minutes, 18 and 5, one steal and three blocks. If you watched Thad Young last year, and this bloke's washed. Like, this is, he's finished. And now he's coming in, he's dishing dimes, he's playing elite defense, he's scoring. Oh, he's doing everything. We've got to hold him. You've got to roster him. And then we'll figure it out later on to see what happens when Markinen returns. Kobe White also playing at a higher level. 25 points with four threes. And Pat Williams bringing the blocks. I think Pat Williams is going to be quite a good fantasy player in the future. I'm not 100% convinced, but we're seeing flashes of it. Can he be a better Rudy Gay? Can he be Otto Porter? Which, from a fantasy point of view, that's a top 40 guy. Uh, Not this year, obviously. I I think he's got that in him. 13 points for him. Wendell Carter, nice-ish bounce back. Now, 7 points on 27% shooting shithouse. But 15 boards, 4 assists, 1 block. Pretty nice, and an absolutely massive plus 22, which can't be unnoticed. While Garrett Temple had 8-5 and five in his 37 minutes. Uh, Dan Gafford back in the rotation, replacing Luke Cornett, and then Sadoransky struggled a bit. Sadoransky was putting up okay assist stream numbers. He has son- since fallen off. For the Pelicans, um, I, I don't know. Was it a night where we just had to limit all of the ball brothers? Leangelo played zero, which is a disappointment, but then Lonzo only played 26. Lamelo played 26. Lonzo was going all right. 12 points, five assists, three steals, a block, two threes. He was a minus 13, so maybe that's part of it. Eh. And then we get 42 minutes of Eric Bledsoe, who was also a minus 12. This recent um, reliance on Eric Bledsoe is pretty confusing. Now, I'm sure I'll cop plenty of shit and criticism. Josh, you're a dickhead. You said to drop Eric Bledsoe. Well, when he's been shit all season, and he is the 169th ranked player this year, and then they started playing him 24 minutes a night for a couple of weeks in a row. And then they were talking about bringing in minutes for Kyra Lewis and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. If I had to continue to project Eric Bledsoe to be a 34-minute-a-night player, that's negligent. So you have to make that change. And you go, well, look, everything, he's shit house, and now his minutes are going down. And we're 30-plus games into the season. Oh, let's make a call on it. Let's get rid of him. And then Van Gundy goes... Josh, I heard you unlocked on Fantasy Basketball, and I'm going to make you look stupid. I'm going to make you look stupid for not having as sexy as a mustache as me, and I'll make you look stupid for not having as, I don't know, cool of a Hawaiian shirt as what I have. Eh, whatever, whatever his reason is. So now he plays in 42 minutes. Eric Bledsoe doesn't deserve 42 minutes, but he played him. 12 points, 10 assists, 2 steals, 5 rebounds. That's great. These minutes have been up the last week or so. Add him, and let's see where it goes. If you dropped him, I think it was the right call. If I had had him, I would have dropped him. 
and now things have flicked. Click these fingers and things change and I have no actually idea why. JJ Redick was out of the rotation. He played 28 minutes. He had 22 points while Josh the Hitman Hart played 34 minutes. He excellently executed his way to 13 points with two steals and two triples. I believe he is a 12-team league player. Zion, not great from the line. In fact, by not great, I mean terrible. Uh, 8 of 16 is not ideal, but 28, 9, and 5, two steals and a block. Of course, the Bulls couldn't stop him from getting to the rim. Well, is this going to be like uh, Eric Bledsoe? Steven Adams. Get that garbage out of here! He's the 159th ranked player this year. He had zero points in 21 minutes. You're better off playing Zion Williamson at center. I, I don't see the upside in holding on to Steve Adams. In fact, as Jack Armstrong said, get that garbage out of here. And I like Steve Adams. I don't like calling him in garbage, but yeah. Let's go. Next game, Atlanta Hawks, Orlando Magic. The Hawks win it. 115-112. I don't actually know how. I think this is a pretty big comeback from the Hawks. Um, they did it without Clint Capella. Um, pretty bad loss for the Magic uh, to to let this one get away the way that they did. They should have. Uh, they were up by what ten plus in that final quarter. I'm just going to have a look. They they entered the fourth quarter up twelve. Um, they were up. They got they got up to sixteen points up with six minutes remaining. And then somehow lost. That's that's terrible. They started the Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari. Hands off my cock! With Clint Capella out. He played 39 minutes. He had 23, 9, and 6 with two steals and a block and five triples. Excellent stuff. 52 fantasy points. Excellent stuff. Do I add him in 12-team leagues? Only if you think John Collins is getting traded because Clint Capella is not going to be out every game and Gallinari is not going to play 39 minutes and he's not going to have six assists and he's not going to have two steals and he's not going to block a shot and he's not going to have 22 usage. Oh, actually, he probably will have 22 usage, but he won't do this. This is awesome, but it's probably just an artifact of one game unless Collins goes. Fanapants, 13 points for Kevin Herter with three threes, two steals and a block. He's been really impressive this year. I thought he'd be out of a rotate, not over out of a rotation spot, but losing a ton of minutes. But remember, Hunter, Reddish, done, all out. Bogdanovich, minutes limit. They're all going to eat into Herder's playing time, so sell high if you can. Is it possible that Nate McMillan hates John Collins more than Lloyd Pierce and Trey Young? I think so. 26 minutes for Johnny in a game where um, Clint Capella didn't play. Now, to be fair, John Collins had five fouls, so that probably limited him. But the first two games under Nate have been pretty rough. 15-9 with three threes. Tone Snell hit three threes. Cool for him. While Bogdan Bogdanovich, I thought played pretty well, but reached his minutes limits. Nine points in 20 minutes. Again, just finding those minutes for him is pretty tough to do as we move forward. I didn't mention Trey Young. He had 32-4-8 with two steals. On to the Magic. Mick Carter-Williams, 20-6, and six, six assists, two steals, one block, two triples. Good percentages somehow. I, I don't think they'll stick with him as a starting point guard over Cole Anthony. It's obviously not working. Um, but in the short term, he's fine. Now, I imagine Cole is back pretty soon after the All-Star break. While Nikola Vucevic... It's Vucevic. Thanks, Perk. Uh, yeah, big Vucevic did have 29-9 and nine in 36 minutes with a steal on a block. He was 7 of 7 from the line, while Terry Ross had 28 points in 41 minutes in a spot start for Ivan Fournier. Four triples for Tez. He is a 12-team league guy. Don't look now, blokes. Blokes? Oh, man. I fell into the trap of using bloke like an American. That's embarrassing. I just got a new password. I reckon the government's going to come take it off me. Poor um, oh man, jeez. Terrence Ross. This is how I should have phrased that. Terrence Ross, 
You blokes need to go check if he's on your waiver wire because he, should, he shouldn't be. The Chief, El Farouk Aminu. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. 14 points with two threes and two blocks. What year is this? I don't think we need to get too involved in that. Of course, Aaron Gordon's going to come back and take some of this away from Ross, uh, from Ross, from Aminu. But it is just good to see this bloke getting back and playing and uh, contributing. That's impressive. Dwayne Bacon. Uh, sorry, PJ Tucker. Maybe Dwayne Bacon's the guy that does the, the least with the most. He's the 282nd ranked player this year in 25 minutes. Six points in 30 minutes in a start for the Baconator. He is horrendous. I don't think there's any other way of uh, any other way of describing that, unfortunately. Now, I don't work for the NBA, but I'm going to issue an apology on behalf of the NBA for anyone that had to watch this game. The Oklahoma City Thunder and the Dallas Mavericks. I, I looked at this and I thought, is this end of three quarters? But no, it's a final score. OKC 78, Dallas 87. What are we... What? The Thunder shot 33% from the field, 65 from the line, and 23% from three. The Mavericks were a bit better than that. 39 from the field, 79 from the line, 20% from three. Oh, man, that is rough as shit. But I'll tell you who played well again. Ty Jerome. 13 points, three threes, a steal, 71% shooting. Since he's been in the lineup... He's a top 100 player. Can that stick? We do have to remember that George Hill and MC Hamadou Diallo are out. George Hill, he's not a long-term factor, but Diallo can be. But this is impressive from Jerome. He's at least at least a 14-team league grab at this stage. Isaiah Roby, three steals, one block, 22 minutes. He's going to start tomorrow because Horford's going to rest most likely. So make sure he's on a roster. While Horf had 10 points in 29 and the Salt Flake, Theo Maladon, 11 points in 31 minutes. I will hold for one more game, probably for Teo, um, and see where he's at. Yeah, we might make a move after that. Gildas Alexander, 15 points, 3 and 3. Not great. While Baisley had 10 boards, but of course he was terrible with his shot. 27% from the field, 11 points. Very hard to justify him as a must-hold player. In fact, you can do better than that. And doing better than that does not include rostering Lou Dort. Dort was 11% in this game. No, my son is also named Bort. For 5 points. For the Mavericks, no Luka Doncic. So Josh Richardson stepped up, 16 and 6 with four steals. That was always a likelihood. Jalen Brunson played 33 minutes, had 11, 6 and 4 with two steals. I think Brunson's a 12-team league guy. Porzingis had 19 and 13, not nothing else, but 19 and 13, while Timmy Hardaway had 19 points. Muxy Kleber's probably the one takeaway from this is Kleber played 31, and he did what we need him to do. He hit a three, he blocked two shots. 103rd ranked player over the last two weeks. If you're looking for threes and blocks type of a player, 14 teams, be all over, Muxy. 12 teamers, maybe. Maybe we're there with him. Maybe the maybe it's starting to come together. Wouldn't say that it's a guarantee, but maybe it's coming together. Dorian Finney-Smith had four points in his 34 minutes, and he was uh, rather disappointing. I think that is fair to say. All right, so let's get on to the last, or second last game of the night, sorry. The Warriors go down to the Blazers, 108-106, huge Game-winning shot by Damian Lillard, despite Robert Covington missing the free throws at the end there. They still do get the victory. 108-106. Warriors really should have won this one, but Portland comes back to get the victory, an important victory in the end. Steph had 35-7-5 with five triples and three steals, while Draymond played 36 minutes, had a charge late that uh, resulted in a turnover. Five points, nine rebounds, 11 assists, and three steals. No blocks, but still good numbers, while Bazemore was a starter in place of Cali Oubre. 
Ubre is dealing with that wrist injury. We don't know if he's going to play tomorrow. Uh, Bazemore had 12 and 6 with two threes, a steal, and a block. So there's at least a stream option for tomorrow if Ubre is out. We had Kevon Looney play nine, or played 17 minutes for 9 and 8. But guys, James Wiseman. Get that garbage out of here! 11 minutes, he had four fouls. You have to be holding him as a stash, and you have to be in a very comfortable spot to be doing it because he is not contributing to winning at all. They are putting his minutes in that in that same level because he's not contributing to, to winning. And it's really going to be tough for him to be an impact player this year. Eric Pascal had three points in 12 minutes, so pretty rough night for him. While rising star Michael Mulder had six points in his 12 minutes. Um, yeah, not, not, not great. for. Well, I cannot stress this enough. Why are you holding James Wiseman? Please, if you are watching this or listening to this podcast and James Wiseman is on your 12-team league roster, can you let me know why? I, I'd love to know the rationale. Anyway, on to Portland. Bob Covington, 15-9, and nine, three threes, three blocks, two steals. The unfortunate free throw misses, but still a good line. While Lillard had 22-5-6, and six, and Cantor had a nice 11-14 and 14 double-double. He only played 23 minutes as they went small quite a bit. Mallow, 32 minutes for Carmelo Anthony. 22 points, 62% shooting. He's riding a hot streak at the moment. This is not a long-term thing for Mallow. I don't think he's a must-roster 12-team league guy by any stretch. But if you do need a little boost in your points category and you want to add someone for tomorrow, yeah, Mallow's feeling it. And they're giving him those minutes as they go small. Gary Trent Jr. Nice, Gary! 15 points in his 40 minutes, but we know that's all he does. He only hit one three. He shot 38% from the field. He had the one steal. Wasn't a great night there. Well, only 19 minutes from Derek Jones as they gave minutes to Nasir Little and more minutes to Rocket Rodney Hood. Now, I wouldn't say those minutes went particularly well for those guys from a statistical point of view, but Hood and Little were both plus 11s, highest plus minus on the team, and that's part of the reason, I guess, why Derek Jones' playing time was down. All right, so let's go on to the actual last game of the night. The Los Angeles Lakers fall to the Sacramento Kings on a back-to-back. No LeBron James, no Anthony Davis. They're 3-6 and six in the nine games since Davis has been out. Dennis Schroeder, 28 points, 9 assists in 34 minutes. Really good game from Schroeder. He had to take on a larger usage role. That's obvious with no LeBron and no Davis. Uh, if you want to parlay this into a sell high, by all means. And then Montrez Harrell, probably his best game in a long time. 33 minutes, 26-11, and 11, but back on the bench. 30 usage, that's what happens when there's no LeBron, there's no Anthony Davis. Um, but still, he was a minus two. Right? The problem that I have with Harrell, and, and I liked Harrell as a player in Houston. I liked him in his role, but again, I, this always seems to happen with guys that I like and guys that you identify. Then people start getting over the top on them. No, nah, man, he's awesome. Should be an all-star. This is what people were saying this last year. Sixth man of the year. How, what an awesome signing by the Lakers. The problem I have with Harrell is that yeah, he started last game. There's no Marcus Sol, so they say start Damian Jones. And they go, why? Oh, Harold prefers to come off the bench. Why does he prefer to come off the bench? Because he beats up on bad players. That's where he puts up his numbers, usually. He can't work out how to fit in in a good lineup, in a starting lineup, with good players against opposing good centers. And by all means, he's carved out a great career and a big reputation and all that sort of stuff. But I prefer to come off the bench so I can go up against worse players. I don't know, man. I worry about how he fits in the playoffs with this team. Anyway, that's a good performance. Kuzma couldn't get the uh, game-tying three at the end, but had 25 and 12 with four threes. This is what he does. No Davis, no LeBron, 31 usage. He needs big usage. 
a team should never be giving him big usage if they want to win. So that's the paradox with Cole Kuzma's fantasy value. Markeith Morris had 11 points in 30 minutes with three threes, but we're not adding Morris. We're not adding Kuzma. Yeah, Dave, LeBron will be back post-All-Star break. Davis won't be back quite then, but they're not going to have that enough value to be useful. Damian Jones played 15 minutes. He had zero points and one block. He's on a 10-day contract. I don't see why they would... Uh, Renew that. He just isn't very good. He has a big body and he can jump a little bit, but that's really all he can do. Well, KCP had 10 points in 29 minutes. For the Kings, Bud Heald came into this one with an ankle problem. Then he played 42 minutes, had 29 points with seven triples and five assists on 73% shooting. Didn't attempt a single free throw, but this guy was too good of a shooter to be shooting as poorly as he, as he was this year. This is obviously going too far in the other direction, but this is why we wanted to just hold on because the minutes were being pumped into him. Darren Fox fouled out but had 23-8 and eight with three steals and Rashawn Holmes 16-9, and nine, while Marvin Bagley, the minutes are up because there is no Tyrese Halliburton, but this is an illustration of just why he's not the best fantasy player, especially for categories. 14-5, and five, that's starting off well, but zero threes, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks, missed his only free throw. Just so empty right across the board that he needs to be pumped 35 minutes, 30 plus usage for him to really be a good fantasy guy. So then he can put up 25 and 10 and it hides all of the deficiencies in other areas. He is yeah, fine in a points league. He's providing short-term 12-team category league value. But when Halliburton comes back, I don't expect 29 to 30 minutes out of Bagley. I expect 25 minutes out of Bagley. The pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Not his best, but 20 points with six assists is okay. While Nemanja Bielitsa, now they went to basically a seven-man rotation, and Bielitsa was one of those players. Remember, he didn't play earlier in the season because him and Luke Walton were fighting, but 24 minutes, six, five, and six before he, or not before, he got five fouls, so he didn't quite foul out. And then we had uh, Daquan Jeffries playing only the six minutes. But Bielitsa, we don't need to you know, look too closely into that. Halliburton's going to come back, and uh, and then Whiteside's going to return as well, and uh, basically remove him from the rotation would be my guess. Let's have a look at the top ads over the last 24 hours. The wave pool, D'Anthony Melton, he's up by 20%. Carmelo Anthony is up by 14%. As I said, that's fine as a streamer for Thursday. Melton's a great ad as well. The burner, Jalen Brunson, he's a 12-team league ad. And people obviously saw Lonnie Walker's game last time and said, i got to have some of that. Two points, must get some of that. He's up 12%. I'm guessing it's streaming for Thursday, but man, he's not that good. Bruce Brown up 12% as well is pretty important. I don't know what I was going to say. I just lost the word. It was on my mouth, but it's gone. Um, It's a big number for the Shark. Again, Green, Durant, to a much, much, much lesser extent, Luau Cabarro. I find it very hard to believe that Brown will be a a 29-minute-a-night player and have 12-team must-roster type value post-All-Star break. We'll see. Drops. Daniel House down 9%. Yep. Saban Lee down 7%. Yes, get rid of him, even though he had a big game today. Jeremy Lamb down 7%. Yes, nice drop. Marcus Gasol down 7%. Oh, hi, Mark. I didn't even realize he'd been added in that many leagues. And then David Nwaba with this wrist injury down 6%. Yes, all makes a ton of sense. Your monstrous line of the night, of course, is Timothy John McConnell. 16 points, 13 assists, 10 steals, 8 of 8 from the field. He's been amazing. He's a top 40 player over the last two weeks. He's a must-roster player until we figure out whatever the hell goes on with this team when players return. But for now, he is killing it. And then let's look at the top 10 players is rostered in under 50% of leagues. Michael Carter-Williams, look, he might not even have 30 minutes after the break, but he is worth having for now. The Duke Wayne Allenton, that's fluky. Dean Wade, huh. I, I doubt it with Wadey. I think Love returns, and that's going to cut into any sort of upside that he might have. So I think we look at him as just a deeper league player. Justin Patton, the same. Christian Wood could return. Now, I wouldn't mind adding Patton just to see, but I don't have huge hopes. Saban Lee, Rodney Magruder, really just uh, you know, 
injuries in Detroit causing that. Bismack Biombo, not interested. Aminu, Aaron Gordon's going to reduce his value. Tone Snell, not going to happen. And then Kent Bazemore. Maybe we can stream Bazemore in for Thursday if we do hear that uh, Ubre is out once again. Let's move now across to talk DFS for the last day of games before the break in the NBA. All right, so we've got nine games to go here before the All-Star break on Thursday. Um, just be aware there's going to be some weird stuff that goes on with weird injuries and weird rotations. It often happens at this point before the All-Star break, so just sort of bear with it. The first game is the Clippers and the Wizards. We've got Kawhi Leonard as questionable. I'd be pretty surprised if Kawhi plays in this one, to be honest, so expect a boost for Reggie Jackson, Paul George, Nick Batum. Marcus Morris um, also out at, uh, in this one with that concussion that he suffered last game. The Wizards, I think they're pretty much good to go. The Raptors and the Celtics, this could be really ugly. The Celtics are 7.5-point favorites. That will blow out. If you can get on that now, do it. The Raptors are going to be without Ananobi, Van Vliet, and Siakam. They started Terrence Davis, Yuta Watanabe, and Aaron Baines and got beaten by 20-plus against the Pistons. I don't think they'll go back to that same starting lineup. I'd expect to see Bembry in there, maybe Boucher in there. I think Davis still has a chance, um, but that won't be the same lineup. While the uh, while the Celtics, uh, I think they're pretty good to go in terms of injury statuses. The next game is the Pistons and the Knicks. Derek Rose is questionable for New York. Of course, his absence will mean more minutes for Frank Nilakina and Emmanuel Quickly. While for the Pistons, Josh Jackson and Jeremy Grant both missed out on Wednesday. So them returning is going to have an impact on uh, Dumbaya, on McKay Luke, on Wayne Allington, um, even to yeah, other guys, Mason Plumlee, Dennis Smith, those sort of players in terms of usage. Denver and Indiana, it's a back-to-back for the Pacers. The Nuggets are favored here by two or by four, and the total is 225 and a half points. No Millsap, no Green, no Gary Harris once again for Denver, while Warren and Levert remain out for Indiana. Uh, Milwaukee and Memphis, the Bucks are six-point favorites, and the total is 235. Kyle Anderson missed last game with an illness for Memphis, but he is no longer on the injury report. So that'll likely push Brandon Clark back to the bench, but Grayson Allen remains out. So you'd imagine Desmond Bain gets another start, and that means we should be in line for another good DeAnthony Melton performance. We don't know about Drew Holiday in terms of whether he will start or what his minutes will look like. I imagine they'll limit him again in this last game before the All-Star break. The Heat and the Pelicans, both Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, not Dam Adebayo, Bam Adebayo are both questionable heading into this one while the Pelicans are on a back-to-back. And then they got the Thunder and the Spurs, or back-to-back here for OKC. So I imagine there is no Al Horford. George Hill also still won't be there. Well, for the Spurs, no Derek White, no Devin Vassell, no Rudy Gay, while LaMarcus Aldridge is questionable with his sore tummy. With him out, you'll get guys like Luka Shamanich to step up, Keita Bates-Diop, Trey Lyles as a starter once more. And then the Warriors and the Suns. Kelly Oubre missed on Wednesday, but he has not been ruled out of Thursday's game. Kent Bazemore started in place of him, while for Phoenix, they've got a clean injury report. And then the last game is the King. Kings and the Blazers. No Tyrese Halliburton for Sacramento means more minutes for Marvin Bagley. Um, we don't know uh, any other injuries at, at this point in talking about the Kings and the Blazers most likely, I would assume, would be without Harry Giles once more. If we look at some early value plays on FanDuel, I'm looking at Lou Dort, I'm looking at Sharmanich, Malcolm Brogdon, Nerlens Noel, uh, Theo Maladon, Brandon Ingram, Justin Holiday, The Rock DJ, Robbie Williams, Yucca Pertle, Isaiah Roby, Josh Hart, Chris Boucher, Paul George, especially Paul George, Big Chungus, Nicole Jokic. Ja Morant, Michael Porter, and maybe Damian Lillard. Guys, that'll do it for me um, for this second last recap show before the All-Star break. Don't forget to subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. See ya.